When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Run Home, and we have got some show for you this afternoon. Can't wait to bring it all to you. Let's take a look at uh, what is happening for you with the Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Very shortly, we will have the man himself, Beeve, catching up with him from Paris. And Strawn, another all-black legend, wraps up all the action from France for us. We'll get the TAB live update with Paul Moate. Monty Beatham after five o'clock to dissect that performance against the Bronx and the season we have seen from the Warriors. And of course, it's Monday. And what's Monday without the cream of the crop? The weekend scorecard. Brad taking us through. We need to talk in the MG High Performer of the Weekend. That's the Macca's menu brought to you by Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Now, the high performer of the weekend, uh, I want to. I'm, I'm, I'm picking he's going to be one of the high performers off the field from the weekend after being uh, let loose in Paris. We bring in, of course, the man himself, the run homes maestro in Beef. Kia ora, Ah, kia ora, Sam. And uh, yes, like curse, I have to practice saying good morning and good afternoon all in the one sentence here. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a it's been a high octane start to my Paris time. I, I got in yesterday afternoon and. Uh, then listeners, regular listeners will know of a, a guy called Michael Clarsons, who's my uh, who's my Bath halfback and a uh, few capped Springbok halfback, and he just happened to be in town uh, yesterday afternoon. He was he went to the game with his mates uh, for the South African Irish game, so we went and caught up with him and um, yeah, set at at establishment yesterday afternoon and uh, watched Tonga. Um, when I say watched, it was on in the background, um, and uh, <laughs> and also the Wallabies, seeing the Wallabies. I guess demise um, and no great shock there uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to include the Welsh in a uh, in a multi uh, so no no heartbreak here and uh, I guess with my affiliation to Dave Rennie I sort of feel Australia Rugby has now certainly got what they deserve Sam but uh, yeah mate great to be back in Paris um, every time I guess second time back since the World Cup started and uh, I guess the hype and hoopla hasn't died down when uh, you consider yourselves a Sunday afternoon and uh, you couldn't you couldn't walk without noticing uh, there's a rugby world cup going on. Well, you know, we know there's no love lost for the Wallabies uh, as a as a national <laughs> side here in New Zealand. What was what was the reaction there to seeing uh, the former powerhouse of international rugby brought to their knees by the Welsh? What for those around you in fan zoned pubs, whatever? What what did you notice? I mean, an expectation really. It, it was no great shock, um, and. By nation standards, uh, certainly Australian jerseys and Australian merch was certainly the least being seen yesterday. There was, of course, as you'd expect, a truckload of Irish gear still being worn yep. around the uh, around the streets. Uh, lots of South Africans. I was obviously uh, with a, with a handful of South Africans myself, um, but just striking how few and far between. The, uh, the Wallabies jerseys were, you know, Wallabies supporters love a scarf. You saw the old scarf, but uh, that was that was about the level of uh, their support yesterday. So 
I guess Australian rugby fans uh, have been crawling, have been crawling underground for quite some time. And, and yesterday, what a sad confirmation! Not even a, I guess, not even close in the end. It was just, uh, yeah, it was an inevitable result in, in a lot of people's eyes. But to that sort of, that sort of, uh, I guess, scoreline uh, would, would shock a few people. We'll get into this later on as well. But I, I need to ask you: Is there any chance in the world? That Dave Dave Rennie is smiling about this. You know the bike better than I do. He, do. he doesn't strike me as someone who would take pleasure in seeing a team that he had put his heart into uh, and his you know professional behind into to to be happy at seeing that demise. I'm sure there's a, a feeling of uh, I don't know just contentment in the concept that he, he wasn't the problem. Uh, just in case he any reason he thought he was, would he be taking joy in the demise of the Wallabies? No, it wouldn't be taking great joy, but I mean, you would only be human to sit back and say, "This, this is what you got rid of me for." I mean, I'm obviously pro Dave Rennie, and, and I don't hide from that. But he got within a stupid time-wasting penalty of beating the All Blacks in Melbourne, and that's in the Tri Nations. So if they got that, who knows? Then they got within a whisker of beating both Ireland and France on the end of their tour. Yes, they completely cooked themselves against Italy and lost to Italy and that's not excusable, that is completely not excusable and and I guess that was in in the storyline that was the nail in the coffin for Renz but when you look at the other score lines and you look at who he threw out against Italy I, I couldn't see them not getting out of pool play, absolutely no chance, the, the trajectory they were on they were genuinely starting to make gains um, but no uh, I, I mean uh, I, I certainly enough, it was me. I would be sitting back and uh, pouring myself a, a drink and uh, saying, "Well done, Australian rugby." Uh, I hope it was worth it. And particularly, <laughs> the other sub, the, the subplot to all of this is this story that's broken over the weekend. Oh. Obviously, Australia meet. Obviously, Australia meet is great at this sort of stuff. They, amazing, they a bit of a amazing. <laughs> but to come out on the eve of this fixture and let it be known that he's actually. Just, just uh, I guess, having a look over the fence to see if there's something better out there, maybe a bit more money, maybe he's not he's been off more than he can chew in Aussie rugby. Just have a look to see if he can take the Japan job. That's, uh, that's a hell of a storyline, particularly on the eve of such a game. And, you know, like media, media know these things. You know what it's like. Media know these things, and they choose when to release them. And I just wonder if he's either burnt too many bridges or the... <laughs> His his sort of uh, his sort of storyline that he's portrayed himself has got too thin with some, and they thought stuff it. I know this for a fact. I'm going to really uh, throw the cat amongst the pigeons on the eve of the most important World Cup game that Australia. You know, it's not dramatising. You could say that they've ever had because they needed that to get out of pool play. I'm I'm fascinated to see what Rugby Australia do from here because clearly. They picked this bloke, and they knew it was for the next World Cup too, and they allowed him to pick this team, saying that we're really <laughs> yes. thinking about the next World Cup. They allowed him to do this. Can they admit they got it wrong and sack the guy, or are they stuck in a scenario where the, uh, the New Zealand rugby found themselves with Ian Foster when things were falling apart? Now, I'm not to suggest that he should have lost his job in that period, but my point was there's a lot of flaws, and they were part of the problem. And rather than try to necessarily distance himself from the problem, they would be throwing themselves under the bus to do so. Will Rugby Australia be doing the same thing? Well, mate, when you when you listen to everything, the, the storylines of uh, Suwali 
from the Roosters yeah. paid close to $1.6 million. You can't tell me that Eddie Jones is not on, not on that ballpark as far as money goes. Absolutely. So, v- therefore, he's probably on more. Let's not beat around the bush because the English job is not a cheap one. And that's where he was coming from. I'm picking, they can't afford to. Yeah. They can't afford to pay five years of that out. And and it's funny you mentioned uh, they allowed him to pick the team. He's been feeding everyone right from the word go. We're building towards 2027. Oh, but then some days we're also going to go win the World Cup in Paris. Yeah. You, you can't you can't have you can't have both. The fact that he was allowed to go down the storyline of I'm going to win your World Cup in 2027 is absolute rubbish. Like you, you, you don't use a World Cup if you're a power like Australia or uh, a team that's had the history that Australia's had at World Cups. You cannot use that as a storyline. You, you got to win every World Cup. You got to win every Test match. You can't, you can't say that you are building five years out <laughs> to win the next one by your selections. That is, that is absolutely farcical. Eddie Jones's business plan is to get a long contract. <laughs> Get sacked from said contract and made them hire. He, I reckon, he must be the single best job interviewee in international rugby. <laughs> he can land himself a gig anywhere, get paid over the top, and then get paid out on the way out. It, it is, it, it's, it's a genius model because basically he's just got income. He's got passive income coming in from England still, probably. After he's trying, God, he's pressed to load money by someone in Japan as well by one of the gigs he was asked to move on from. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, some people probably look at passive as uh, one, uh, maybe a rental from down the road. Uh, <laughs> the English money, <laughs> the English money he's getting, it's the most aggressive passive income you could probably ever imagine. I think, Sam. Um, but no, it's 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 a hell of a storyline. It's 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 an interesting old subplot because I mean, the the story, the, the fact is, he got sacked from the Wallabies last time he was there. He's just been sacked from England. Uh, from what I understand, he needed to he needed to win that game against the Springboks, which no even gave him the chance from years ago to I guess finish with a bit of grace from Japan. Um, so no, it's a uh, it's an interesting subplot to this World Cup, but unfortunately the Eddie the Eddie intrigue and the Eddie subplot is actually going to finish in about sort of ten or twelve days time because uh, they're all gone. They're going to be gone unless something outrageous happens in pool play. But I think even a Fiji slip up. Because of the manner in which they lost yesterday, I think a Fiji slip-up probably doesn't save them. Yeah, I don't think I, I can't argue with you. It's everything that you're pointing out is is, is bang on. And and Beav, as you mentioned, you uh, got to watch the Ireland versus Springbok game with uh, some uh, well-decorated company from uh, from either side as well. So let's let's get to that with our uh, post-game partner. Of course, it's brought to you by Suzuki. Get fully fitted with Suzuki's ultimate outdoor motors, Beav. Ireland versus Springboks. What caught your eye? Well, that's a brutal old thing, wasn't it? It yeah. was. It was. It was. It was everything I guess you'd hope for in a in a game that you know, if somebody with uh, a little bit of smarts did the draw, it could have been a final. It was. Uh, it was that sort of intensity and that sort of quality. But for me, and I, and I'm looking at it through my All Black rose tinted glasses. If you're the All Blacks, you're sitting back and watching that. You disrupt. You disrupt the Irish set piece, and therefore you win that first first contact, that first phase. I don't know what Ireland's got to go to, and I mean you watch that you watch that first half with a South African line out, absolutely destroyed the Irish. They couldn't get any of their game going. The Irish got one line out, one five man line out going, and all of a sudden they got within an inch of scoring. 
So yes, they are like it's 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 a done deal that they're probably the best phase play attack in all of rugby. When they get going and humming, their phase play is brilliant. It's run off Johnny Sexton, um, Jamison Gibson Park gets out. The Fords have got great skill. However, if you can stifle them at the set piece and stifle them at that first ruck, which go hand in hand, there's not a whole lot they go to. And yes, uh, yes, Bundyaki was uh, brilliant in the midfield. I can't, I can't believe that Bundyaki will have that sort of sort of freedom against anyone else now. I think the box was a bit of a turnstile there for him. And, uh, and unfortunately, speaking of the box, um, the South Africans, and I mean, obviously I was with a few yesterday, but they're pretty comfortable where they're at because they know that Pollard's probably going to be playing the next one. And he doesn't miss those 11 points that were on off yesterday, oh, on, on Saturday, sorry. So as a fixture, oh, I loved it. It was... Uh, it was a big old bashathon, but I think it told a lot about the two teams. I think it says a lot that South Africa, unfortunately, uh, you have to actually have a hooker on the field. Um, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot makeshift a hooker. Every every team in this World Cup is now going to compete on opposition lineout, regardless of where in the park it was. And you can't tell me that those opportunities in that last three or four minutes when they had two lineouts, one on full time and one a couple of minutes beforehand, five metre lineout, if Marks or Mbombe's are on, they don't get that lineout secure and they don't score that try. You just can't tell me that their efficiency with those two involved doesn't make it work. And that's how close it was. Like, Irish come away from that with a victory and all the rest of it. But you look at the big moments. South Africa will be absolutely kicking themselves, I think, because that was a game that they they really had there to win. However, the flip side of that is, I mean, I've obviously talked to a lot of South Africans yesterday. They're happy with what side of the draw they've got on. They, they're happy that they've avoided the All Blacks. That's probably historically, I guess, part of their DNA. But they now see a route to a final without having to go through the All Blacks. And, and as an All Blacks fan, and I don't know where you feel, Sammy, but I know where Brad feels, <laughs> I, I think it's a good route for us. I really do. I, I think the Irish in a quarter-final, the only thing is, and, and I mean, players at this level, it doesn't really worry, but it is going to be like playing in Dublin. That quarter-final yep. will be like playing in Dublin. It is going to be some atmosphere. I, I know it's weeks, it's a couple of weeks away. I'm so excited. I'm going to have the chance to be there because that is going to be some, some atmosphere. If we thought the opening atmosphere was pretty cool against the French, I reckon probably 65,000 Irish are going to get over across the, across the water and uh, make for some atmosphere in that quarter-final too. Bonjour, Beef. Uh, Producer Brad here. How are you doing this morning, my uh, friend? Bonjour. Uh, I, I, I've I'm got to say, you've just nailed it. Your analysis has been spot on. I thought the Springboks were excellent for large portions of that game. One, uh, two questions, two-parter, as you like. First of all, what did you make <laughs> of the box playing really, really quick out of the gate? Like, Fat the Clerk looked like he wanted to run the ball. I thought that was really interesting, almost throwing something at Ireland they didn't um, expect. And also, I do agree with you. I think I feel better about playing Ireland now than I did a week ago because now I've seen them up in that intensity and there are there are avenues for victory there. But what did you make of that sort of 15, 20-minute start from the box where it looked like they wanted to run at the Irish? It's, it's funny, Brad, because, uh, again, through my South African context, Talking to them, they almost feel like Russi and the boys, or Niambar, of course, the well-pronounced Niambar, Jacques, um, they they almost feel like they had a free hit there yesterday, and and they mentioned and they mentioned things like Fuff playing 
at 100 miles an hour. They, they mentioned the fact that Dwayne Vermeulen was just sitting up, chilling with the coaches. And like from a, from a spectator point of view, from our point of view, we wouldn't think too much of that. But they, they are honestly of the belief that the Springboks and Russi decided that yesterday or said that was a bit of a free hit for them. And, and you know, oh, okay, it didn't work out. But they, they go away from that thinking they're, they're absolutely fine. And you talk about, Brad, you talk about feeling more comfortable about whether, whether the All Blacks are at now up against an island team. See, for me, and you're going to laugh, Brad, because I've been harping on about this for six months, Scott Barrett plays six, and we put a monster line-out up against this Irish team because I just feel when you looked at yesterday or Saturday, they can't get their game going if they don't get set piece. And if we threw up a Barrett, a White Lock, and a Retallick, three of the three of the best locks going at them, I think you'd see a very similar result. Should be uh, when the All Blacks lose a pool game, we as a country um, start talking about how it's all over, <laughs> and the Springboks lose a, uh, a pool game, and they're like, "Perfect, great, exactly what we need." <laughs> Bang on. And in deep down. Would you ever put it past the South Africans to go, do we want the All Blacks in the quarterfinal? God, you guys, no, I think we take this route. You guys love a conspiracy. <laughs> this, and one thing I love most about Love Run Home, both uh, both the hosts, uh, producers, and the uh, and the listeners love a good conspiracy. I'm, I'm, and I'm here for it. That was our post-match partner. Get Suzuki's out, uh, Outboard's most inclusive, fully fitted, 400 to 300 horsepower offers ever. Please hurry. It is a limited time. Back soon with the beef. 